You know what that smooth jazz means. We're back. Another podcast, Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast between your two best friends in the whole world. My name is Patrick Norwood. Patrick Brickman joining uh, fresh off a trip from Iceland and a bunch of other places. I was about to say, Iceland uh, that we almost got back from uh, about a month ago. Has it been a Near- full month? Nearly a month ago, yeah. Yeah, I guess we left about a month ago this time. Yep, and uh, and we came back, and I went to uh, I went to Montgomery, came back, went to Vegas, came back, and now we're recording. And here we are. And here we are, halfway through the college football season. Oh, Richmond too. I went to Richmond. You went to you went all over the place. Going to uh, Chicago next weekend. I went to Southport, North Carolina. If that counts, that does I traveled count. a little bit after we got back. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we both went around. We both went around. But it was a good month. It was a great month. Uh, a great the Bulls. Month. The Bulls. Congratulations to you on another championship National ring. National championship for the Durham Bulls. Another championship ring. Thank you very much. That was a uh, a busy, hectic week. Uh, but a lot of fun too. Always Pretty soon fun. you'll be able to take the Tom Brady picture. Um, yeah, we're getting close to the MJ one. I'm halfway to MJ. <laughs> you're you're almost to LeBron. I've worked there five years and I've got three rings. Oh my goodness gracious! The list of athletes that have won less than three rings that you just surpassed. I'm, and I'm saying you just surpassed. Um, who's who's somebody that's won two rings? Uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney, Brian Scalabrini. There we go. Those are the. <laughs> Those are the two we came up with. <laughs> Devo Sweeney and Brian Scalabrini. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah, it's been uh it, it's been a minute and we're sorry about that. We are moving into week seven of college football. Halfway home, dude. Halfway through the I, I I always get sad when we get to the halfway point of the season because I'm know. like Like it feels like we haven't had it that long. Right. And it also feels like there's not a lot left. It's the shortest sports season that gains the most viewers. Of this, any sport in America. This is probably like the most I ever am glass half empty midway point of the college football season. You want to do this right now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I thought we'd at least talk about that. Okay. Let's, let's No, no, I'm just saying, you know, it's like I, I I need to savor it while while we have it. And and now that our, our sort of your schedule's slowing down, my schedule's slowing down, we we're gonna get to be able to lock down on this a lot more. You know, get to, to spend a little bit more time with our favorite sport in the world, and we got a lot to catch up on. We do, um, we do. It has been. I, I will say this: just um, we're we're gonna do normal college football things first, and yes. then we will move into Alabama. And our Alabama discussion, I want to do second, so that way people don't want to listen to it; they can just tune out. Yeah, that's why we have a lot of listeners that are Alabama people. But for those of you who aren't, we're just gonna do it second this week. Um, um I will say this: as a fan of the sport. As just someone who just enjoys college football. Other than 2007, this has been one of the most entertaining seasons. Oh, it's off the rails. It is awesome. Unless you're one of the top five teams, which yeah. has stayed pretty firm. Yes. Uh, the season has been completely off the rails. It has been a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of, I don't know, stuff that I guess we didn't expect to happen. Right, right. You've had, you've had a lot of teams pop up out of the woodwork and sort of sneak up on people. Kansas being the main one, the main takeaway this year. Um, you know, the lack of Oklahoma in the standings and the lack of Oklahoma on the field has been a huge one. Uh, Quinn Ewers coming back and lighting up Oklahoma just like he did Alabama, but you know, he got to do it for four quarters. Alabama's still bad because they almost lost to Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, okay. I think I'm going to, I think for the first, if we almost lose a national championship, I'm okay with that. We still won a national championship. I think I'm going to be meaner about Alabama for the first time ever on this podcast. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, uh, no. So yeah, I, um, I guess that's our general impressions of the midway point of the season is it's been a very 
just a fun season. Yeah. Just, I mean, it really has. It really has. And it's been, there's a lot of we, good players and names coming out of it as well. A lot of good redemption stories. The coaching has been interesting. We've had so many coaches get fired. I'm ready for the shoe to drop on one of the top five. One of the top six is going to lose this week. Uh, but I, I want somebody in the so Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan. Obviously not Alabama because we're the no. good guys of the yep. sport. Right. Um, I could see USC win, losing this weekend too. USC's one flirted my- with losing. George, everybody's flirted with losing this season except Ohio State. Uh, yes. And maybe Michigan. I don't know that Michigan's had a super close call yet. Uh, not, not really. Not really. Um, but they've been living in Ohio State shadow since week one. Um, so I guess who in your mind of that top five that I just mentioned is, uh, is who do you think is the best team in the country? Who would you pick today to win the title? Are we talking everyone's healthy? Everyone's able to play? Yeah. Who do you see raising Playing the trophy at the end their of the year? A game at the best level, Alabama is the best team in the country. Do you think that they get to that point? If you had to put, if I gave you a hundred dollars and said you could put it on one of these five teams, who would you put it on? Um, again, right, like right now, all circumstances are given. Yeah, where right? are we sitting today on Ohio on, State? To- I'd probably take Ohio State. Um, I think they're just the most complete team back and forth until we see Bryce Young back on the field looking like Bryce Young. I won't feel it's good about Alabama. And again, we'll save all that for later. But one thing I will say is, uh, sure, Alabama has not been the Alabama that people have come to know and love, but we've said that for three or four years now. Right? I would say Georgia. Um, I, I will also say this about Alabama. Their defense has gotten immeasurably better. Every week it gets better than the week before. You're Which right. Which is terrifying because that defense gave up two touchdowns through the first three weeks of the season, mm-hmm. and they've gotten better. Secondary has been the big thing that's come together because yes. they were playing a little little so, inexperienced. But, I, I mean, I would say Georgia. I would, uh, I would say Georgia that answer because I think they woke up a lot on Saturday against Auburn. Auburn's a wake up for a lot of teams these days. Uh, yeah, they're a they're a doormat too. Yeah, for a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think everybody's healthy. Everybody's playing to their fullest potential. I think it's Alabama. Um, we're not at that point right now. I not everybody's was, healthy. Not everybody's playing. Josh at Pate that said and a lot of he got a lot of flack for this on Twitter today, but he. He had a segment where he said uh, Alabama at their full strength in their final form is still the best team yep, in the country. I saw that. I saw that. Shout out, Pate State. <laughs> Shout out, Pate. Uh, but Ohio State would have a hell of an argument there. And and the thing about Georgia, since those are the three teams we're mentioning in this discussion, I don't know that we've seen their uh, – well, I guess we did see their best game. It was week one. That team yeah. against Oregon – You'd be hard pressed to find a better team in the country with the way that they, that team played that day. Uh, Oregon, who hasn't lost another game this season, by the way, and Bo Nix looks like October he's been playing Bo great. Nicks. He's yeah. been playing really well. So yep. yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I would say Georgia. You would say Ohio State. Interesting. Neither of us said Alabama there. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, I did say Alabama. If you're giving me a healthy Bryce Young, which we haven't seen. Yes, yeah, so we haven't seen we haven't seen a full game um, from them. because remember the last time he was healthy and he was on the field playing, it was the best Alabama's looked all season. They had a seventeen point lead against Arkansas. So we we revisit our playoff picks. Which one of your you one of yours is looking a lot better than 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 you thought? I'm you, I know you it. I know you got a lot of hate when you said USC would be in your playoff. So we know that those four teams could make the playoff: Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Would you would you go with that chalk or who who would you put in today? Um, today I would, I would definitely put in USC probably above Alabama again until, and this is the last time I'm going to say it, but until we see BY healthy, they're the team that is on the outside looking in for me. You, you would put Ohio state in that four spot. Uh, I would put Ohio state in the one spot. I put USC in the four spot. Uh, that's what I meant. USC in that out, four spot. And yes. I would, I would probably honestly, <sighs> Clemson's not good, dude. 
Clemson's sickly. They're getting man. They're getting better though. They're getting better, and their defense. They're getting is a awesome. lot, but their, their defense, defense is awesome. awesome. DJ Oyunglele is playing leagues better than he was in week one and two. But look at who he's playing against. He's not playing against the Texas A and M's and the Michigans and the. And he's not going to have to play those. Te- he's exactly. not going to have to play them. That's exactly. The, they're beating the teams that are in front of them, and their schedule's not getting tougher the yeah. rest of the year. They're um, playing better. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I could see a world where Clemson makes it, but I think it, if I if I approach you. And I say, okay, look, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, one of them is losing one game before week nine. You're going to say Clemson. I don't know that I would. Who would you They pick? just drummed the best team on their schedule left. So you think Ohio State or Georgia is losing? Georgia will have to face Alabama. I said before week nine. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. So this. within the My next bad. two, three weeks. Yeah, then, then I would guess. I guess I could. And I know, pick I know them that's have narrowing it, it down a lot, and yeah. I, I know I'm making that yeah. qualification an easy choice to be Clemson. But at the same time, like if if you're saying that they are one of the teams that loses that game, look, they've got to go to Tallahassee, and then they play number 18 Syracuse. <laughs> that's how. That's my how, point. That's, that's, that's uh, then. I and then yeah, Ohio State has to play Michigan, and Georgia has to play Alabama and uh, Florida, and you uh, know, Florida's terrible. Florida's not good, but it's that's a. Better than I mean, um, Syracuse is ranked, but I would still take Florida over there. So one thing that I want to get to a little bit, if we can shift just sort of outside of the top five, because we talk about them so much. And this is one of the reasons why this sport's great, especially this season. Look at the teams in the top 10. Now you've got Oklahoma State unbiased right now. I'll say Tennessee. That's a fun team to watch. The yeah. fact they're in the top 10 is awesome for college football. That's a big brand that people really love. Penn State's playing well. Not me, but people. Ole Miss is a top 10 team. Utah just lost to UCLA. They're undefeated. They're probably going to be a top 15 team uh, next week. Has there ever been a less talked about top 10 team midway point of the season than what Ole Miss is doing this year? I See, I don't know. I like it's it, Ole Miss is a weird example right now um, because I, I feel like with the Matt Corral thing, they had all this momentum. They had all these big names. But then you look at their schedule this year, and it's like, okay, their biggest win is over Kentucky. That was a big win. I mean, Kentucky was top 15. Yeah, Yeah. sure. But now it's just, eh. Um, Vanderbilt was beating the daylights out of them. They were for a minute. They were for a minute. And then obviously, I just, it's it's the fact that there's a Lane Kiffin led team in the SEC that's ranked in the top 10 and hasn't lost. And nobody's, and I, I, there's, we'll learn a lot more about um, Ole Miss in the next three, four weeks. I think they have Auburn this week. So we, well, they're going to still keep flying. But eventually they're going to play Alabama. They're going to play Mississippi State. They're going to play. Buddy, that egg bowl. As good as the egg bowl was when Dak Prescott was there. So that's what I mean. It's just for the sport, this has just been an awesome year. You've got, um, uh, I mean, look at Oregon. Like we said, terrible week one. Mm -hmm. Awful. We wrote them off. Got the doors blown. We wrote them off. We wrote Dan Lanning off. And then they've just, they've played really well. And Wake Forest has one loss. And you're, it's Clemson. You tried to fade Wake this year. That's, I tried to fade they're Wake. playing well. I tried um, to fade Wake. Well, okay, so that leads into this real well. I mean, who would you have as your biggest surprise team so far this season? Kansas. Who's, who's really wowed you? It's got to be Kansas. Despite the loss. Despite the loss. Yeah, forget it. They lost by seven to a really good. That's another team. TCU's unbeaten. TCU's been awesome and fun. Super fun to watch. Kansas was fun to watch. And look, I know that Kansas hasn't. Okay, yeah, we probably hyped up a Duke game a little bit too much. Their name, you know, they're now marquee win over Oklahoma really isn't that impressive anymore since Oklahoma got blanked by Texas. Um, no, but a five and one uh, Kansas team is nothing to shake but a stick look, at. Man, they score 56, 55, 48, 35, uh, 14 against Iowa State, but that's a corn college. You're never going to score very much against them. And then you got 
31 points against TCU. They put up a ton of points. They're and fun to watch. They played with a lot of uh, – their backup came in. I was watching that game against TCU. Uh, I forget the quarterback's name. That was sort of Dark Horse Heisman con- uh, discussion. He got hurt. He came out. Their backup yep. came in and was – other than that first uh, drive he had after he came in, he was awesome. Uh, he was putting the ball on the money. Uh, Jaden Daniels. It was a really fun game. Because there's two Jaden Daniels in college football right now. There's Kansas' quarterback and then LSU's quarterback. Ah. Who was at Forks Up. That's another team. That's right. Forks up getting a big dub this weekend. <laughs> they, Let's go. They beat a ranked team. I uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of of the coaching discussion, but they you know the the interim coach whoever it is you you'll know better than I would. Turn he's, him around a little bit. He's a little he's, bit. He's doing pretty um, well. Arkansas is one of the best three loss teams to ever exist. <laughs> yes, I know is. we say that every season. They're a ton of fun to watch. Cincinnati only has one loss. It was the first game of the season to Arkansas. Like I mean, there's just there's so much. Fun and so many fun I'm, teams to watch right now. I'm gonna go with UCLA as my surprise team. I like that answer. I'm gonna go I with really UCLA. Like that answer. I just I didn't see them being un, un and they, nobody's talking about them either. Uh, if they you know get a big Pac-12, another I guess big Pac-12 win, they'll sneak into the discussion. But you know they got a big win over Utah, who was the Pac-12 mm-hmm. favorite, mm-hmm. and and nobody's talking about that, which is typical Pac-12, right? Yeah. It right. happened after midnight. Everybody was asleep and yeah. nobody paid attention nobody to the game. It. But they should be because that was. An astronomical win for that program, and 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 they're undefeated, and they're I I think they're ranked like 12, 13, 14. The uh, I need they to correct be myself. The Kansas win that I was thinking of week two was against West Virginia on the road in Morgantown. Still awesome. Not Oklahoma. Yeah, still um, awesome. But that's how low I consider Oklahoma this year, <laughs> right? And yes. I, I think that's that's sort of what I'll wrap this part of the conversation up with um, is the teams that were infallible cannot lose this year were ohio state bama and georgia right Mm -hmm. right ohio state is the only one of those three that hasn't come close to losing a game this year and even then notre dame was giving them a scare for about three and a half quarters yeah ohio state hasn't had anything worse than like i don't know i'm guessing like a bad quarter and a half right they played really well in their games uh yeah they played close against notre dame by the way notre dame's since that upset against marshall that they lost and they played. They've had some rattled off some quality wins. And here's Freeman a, uh, seems to be here's doing a stat right. for you. Marcus Freeman, before converting to Catholicism, zero and two. Since then, <laughs> three and that, 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 I, I need to tell my dad that stat. Um, okay, so biggest disappointment then, which we've named a lot of teams that have been disappointing. Um, gosh, I'll, I'll have to say. Um, yeah, it, it's got to be Oklahoma, man. Yeah, that's my answer. It, it, it's got to be Oklahoma. It's just... I don't know what I was, expected. There was so long where people talked about Brent Venables. Like, ugh, why is nobody giving him a shot? Nobody's giving him a shot. Who's going to give this guy a shot? And then somebody gives him a shot, and he sucks. That was... You've Dude, taken the sucks. answer exactly. That was... When I was typing up these questions, that was going to be my exact answer. Um, Oklahoma... And and yes, Venables for years was was one of the head, and he just wanted to keep coaching his sons at Clemson. Yeah, and he liked his deal, but it's, Oklahoma was too good to pass out. And and now we're sort of seeing maybe maybe teams didn't were interviewing him and didn't want to give him. I don't know. I don't know the truth behind that. But yeah, you don't lose forty nine nothing to Texas at Oklahoma and 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 get to sit on a cool seat. I mean, his hot seat has to be hot now, right? Yeah. Um. I'll say so. I'll say Oklahoma, but to to go away. From from that a little bit and sort of transitioning into our next topic since we mm-hmm. just kind of said the same thing. Um, another massive disappointment in college football this year has to be Texas A&M. 
That is, they have to be in that conversation. That is, if not number one, that's number two. Because they were coming in and they had the hype. We had the whole offseason drama. And they did just almost beat Alabama. But they also lost to App State. Yep. They lost to Mississippi State. Sure they lost three games. Um, and now, granted, we don't know how good Mississippi State actually is to this point. I think... Um, I don't. I don't think A and M really had a quarterback this year. But my point is, it doesn't matter. They've lost three games. This is a team that was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna win the West. Yes. This is our year to win the West. And well, everybody before the season was saying this is Jimbo's year where he has to do it. And this is not me defending Saban because you and I had that conversation right after that happened back in whatever that was May. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have never said what he said about A and M. It's fine to say what you say. Don't throw teams like A and M and Jack State under the bus. Okay. This is yeah. That's beyond the point. That's so. Yes, but if you're Texas A&M and you're Jimbo Fisher and you're going to make it this big point of pride that October 8th, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And look, sure, they came close to beating Alabama. They came close to beating Alabama after four turnovers, a backup quarterback, a kicker that hasn't missed two in one season, misses two in a night, two field goals in a night, and they still lost? Unacceptable. They, it's not even that they didn't figure it out. We didn't figure out October 8th. It's They... They didn't figure it out for App State. They're the new Michigan. Ooh, I mean, that's oh my like gosh. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> no, you're right. I and, just and, love that comparison. And, and and you've got you've got people calling into the Fine Bomb show talking about Jimbo's buyout, saying a hitman would be cheaper. Yep. It's almost like you shouldn't pay a guy who hasn't had success at your school that much money. The Jim. Okay, so Jimbo is Jimbo Fisher is a Gene Chizik. Jimbo Fisher is an Ed Orgeron. Oh, they man. can recruit. That's what he is. That is his legacy. Yeah, he was a good coordinator in the early 2000s before they threw the football, won a title with Saban, turned it into an interim head coach of Florida State, hit a pot of gold, hit a Joe Burrow, hit a Cam Newton with Jameis Winston, and has not done jack since then except recruit five stars. Yep, that's what he does. Yeah. So if you need a guy that can come in and recruit and get a, but you don't pay that guy 95 million. He's a Mac Brown. <laughs> you don't pay that guy that money. You pay that guy. Mac Brown, great recruiter. But when they get to campus, what do they do? I could go way back to when they were trying to court him. And LSU was trying to court Jimbo Fisher, too. Can uh, you before, imagine? Right? Can you imagine? When, when they were LSU trying to pry him from Florida State. And at one point, it was hard because he was coming off a national title. But the year that they got Jimbo, FSU was tired of Jimbo. Yep. They wanted him out. They did not have to pay him the amount of money they did. But I'm guessing Jimmy Sexton is his agent, and that's how that probably happened. But it was like, they're giving, I mean... Listen, I get it. He's one of however many active coaches with the national championship. But, you know, at some point, so was Chizik and Orgeron. And you just, yeah. you're stuck with them. Yes. You, yes. That's the exact word. But he's not the, he's not the type of ego that w- he, what they should do is he should relinquish some power, give a guy like a Joe Brady uh, keys to the offense. I mean, Joe Brady's not a great name to say because that was a flash in the pan. Or, or maybe like a Matt Rule. Just anybody. Just give anybody that's not him keys to the offense. But he is not the ego that does that. No. That's like telling no. Saban to stop coaching defensive backs. He's he's so out of his mind. Like, just impossible to... to Not even impossible to read. But impossible to convince that he is wrong on something. Or to have him step back and just say, hey, let's analyze this for a second and maybe go a different route. You know, I saw something today on Twitter about, um, it was uh, McElroy's show, Greg McElroy's show, Shorter, Less Handsome You. Right. Um, who was talking about uh, movement pre-snap in Jimbo Fisher games this year. Oh, boy. Okay, in Texas A&M games. And it was like something ridiculous, like 
8% of snaps had pre-snap movement before Alabama. And then like 45% of snaps against Alabama had. And he was like, his whole thing was like, look, dude, if your entire purpose is one game a season, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that's how it feels with Jimbo. He, yeah, he. I mean, they clearly slept on App State, and then they again they slept on Mississippi State. Um, so yeah, you, I've got, I want to go back to what you said about earlier. That's where it's impossible to convince him that he's wrong, and I want to go back again to the way he left Florida State for two years in a row. He threatened to leave. Right, yes. yep. LSU was the year one. Yep, and he had and and he was like, all right, you know, obviously behind the scenes, he was like, I need more money from Florida State or I'm leaving. Yep, and and then he went to the Orange Bowl and Florida State. Fine, we have to shell, and they gave him this huge extension of Florida State. Then the next year, he loses six or seven games, and he tries to do the same thing. With and then if, if he's like, no, we're just tired of you, leave. And then still, and I'm gave him that kind of money because they think everything's bigger in Texas, bigger, better. We just got Jimbo; he's going to take down Saban. Right. And to be fair, he was the first um, assistant to ever beat Saban, and that's as far as it's going to go for them. Yes, I agree with you. Let's move on. Um, here you have uh, a Miami discussion. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So. I, I relate two programs very close to each other right now in the ACC. One of those is Miami, and its counterpart is Virginia Tech. Okay. And both of those teams made pretty decent hires. Guys that can mm-hmm. recruit, guys from the area, guys that are pretty well-respected in college football, Virginia Tech being Prim Pry. But they're both stuck with, like, you can't ask a guy, not even to build an empire, to build a house with no foundation and there's nothing there. There's not good recruits. There's not. And now with the transfer portal, it only gets worse, especially for Virginia tech. And yeah, you can have the lunch pail mentality type guy. You can have the Mario Cristobal. We're going to get the canes back to the way they were, but if they don't have anything to build it on, you can't just count them out and lose faith after one year or even two for that matter. Sure. Your second year, you should have one win that people aren't expecting you to get. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Your first year, there should be flashes in the pan, which there have been for Miami. They played well against North Carolina, but that was a game that they expected to win coming into the season. Yes, absolutely. Um, But like, I don't think that, like, I don't think it's fair to sit there and say, "Oh, this is a crystal ball problem," or "This is a pry problem." It's fair to say this is a Fuente problem, and then this is a and you Manny can go DS. back at like nine coaches for Miami yeah. and say it's a them problem. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, man. It's just we're gonna learn a lot about Miami this weekend if they come out and just get absolutely shelled by Clemson. I think that's who they play. I next. think they will. Um, um, but they lost Middle Tennessee State. They, that they, they did. lost to MTSU. That they did, but again, I'm not sure that that's a crystal ball issue. I think back to the... Oh, uh, they play Virginia Tech this weekend. I'm sorry. Oh, that, that'll be fun. They, I think back to the... Um, yeah, Florida State plays Clemson. I think back to the preseason. Yep. Miami has those fans that are... They've got, they've got that brand of fans that, that talk like they're Alabama fans, talk like they're Ohio State fans about Miami, like they're still part of the party, like they're, they still have tickets to the party, but yep. they don't. And, and they, were, they were really, really... You know, coming after Alabama, you're lucky we, you didn't play us this, this year yeah. to open the season. We beat Bethune-Cookman by like 60, what was it? it was and 70 to 13. But here's here's the other thing that I'll say. And this also goes back, now we're just getting in a circle. They played Texas A&M at Kyle Field and nearly won that game. They did. Now, is that a feather in the cap for Miami? Or is that a knock against Texas A&M? I think it can be both. Two things can be true. 
Yeah, I think both teams are just worse so than again, everybody hyped them up to be. Your year one, there needs to be a flash in the pan. You have a fifty or a uh, forty-seven point win, and you have a near win over. Let's face it, what should be a top twenty-five program? Mm-hmm. They're not right now, but they should be. Um, and that's not a voter thing; that's a Jimbo problem. But I, I think that's fine. Again, that second year, you need to have one win that people aren't expecting. Not you're not upsetting Clemson. That's not what I'm saying. This is a let's say a Georgia Tech goes off and wins their first four games and you play them week five and you beat them, that's a win people aren't expecting? Fine. Fine. You know, that third year is when things really need to come to life. Um, and I just, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think it's fair to say that this is a crystal ball problem. Not yet, but he's not the year one savior like they thought he was. Because yep. Miami thought they had the team, they just needed the coach. Well, now you've got a coach that might be good, but you definitely didn't have the team you thought he had. We're going to... Um, we're going to skip Oklahoma. We just talked about. We Venables. talked a lot about Oklahoma. Um, LSU. And then we're going to go to the last yeah, one. I, all I do is ask you to. I don't think LSU has been either a disappointment or a success. Uh, C minus. Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask you to grade Brian yeah, Kelly. I, w- I would say a C minus. They're, look, they're four and two. Um, the Florida State game was bad, but that was also just a fluky ugly, week one. That game. was an ugly game. It was a fluky week just one. Just wasn't a game. good game. Um, I mean, you had a muff punt. Like, and then they go off and they they do their normal LSU thing where they're just scoring a ton of points and you know um, they beat Mississippi State who they did. is potentially good. State. It's thirty one sixteen. They shut out New Mexico. They beat Auburn even though it was a little close and Auburn Auburned it. Um, but then you have them getting absolutely schlacked by Tennessee. They look very bad against Tennessee and had an opportunity to be within one score in that game going up to half and for some reason on fourth and ten at the forty. Brian Kelly decides to go full on ask Madden four verts and they get sacked and Tennessee goes down and goes up two scores. Yeah, it was it was a bit. And the second scores. the second half was just it, it was just atrocious. it was ugly. It was ugly. I I think yeah, it's a C minus. He's been very uh, mid. That's another just one. Mid tier. That was the that was the other splash. I mean, it, they weren't because. LSU didn't think they were bringing in Brian Kelly to rebuild the program. No. They thought they were bringing him in to coach up what should have already been there, what Orgeron was. It's like yeah. Miami did. They thought they had the team, and they got the big coach. LSU thought they had the team, and they weren't being coached up. And no, it's just – Brian Kelly, we've, we've, we're have we've not going to talk about it more than we need to. He's just He hasn't been a great fit. Um, I, I would give it a – yeah. You said C-. Is that what you just said, C-? minus? Yeah, C-. minus. I will – I will match that. I'm not going to go so far to say it's been a D because they do have four wins. My my bet of them finishing 500 or around 500 is looking really good because um, I don't see them winning more than half the rest of their games. Uh, All right. Uh, You've been sitting on this curveball all day. Yeah, I got to open up my notes. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this up to you, okay? I'll, I'll give my 20-second tidbit. Harson should have been gone in the offseason. Auburn is in serious serious trouble like end of butch jones era tennessee levels of trouble where you are not climbing out of this hole for potentially at best six to eight or nine years and i think auburn needs to be uh smashing the panic button is an understatement they need to be putting their fists through the panic button and punching through the bottom of the car it's awful it is awful I wrote, a, oh, no, actually, I did find it. Yeah, I wrote something very long about, not wrote it, but just kind of put some bullet points as to what I wanted to talk about. But I, I will start with this. Actually, I'll even start with this precursor. I know I went to Alabama, and I know that I hate Auburn. But I will say, 
as a program, as a, as a destination, it's not a bad spot. But they had there's never been a coaching change, and then and then supporting said coach handled worse than Auburn did, from Gus Malzahn to Brian Harson. Yep. Right. So yeah, they had that. on their staff as at head coach. They had a coach that was part of two national championship teams as either a head coach or an offense part of teams that went there. Didn't win them. They won one, lost one. Uh, when you know Gus Malzahn lost to Florida State, but then he beat Oregon as the offensive coordinator. Um, and four wins over Nick Saban. Gus Malzahn beat Nick Saban four times as a coach at Auburn. Yep. Right. Yep. He had ten win seasons. He consistently fielded competitive teams. Was it perfect? No. It was never perfect under Malzahn. But things needed to improve, but they were all right. They were a competitive team every few years at the top of the SEC West. But what they did was give themselves two awful problems, twice. They gave Malzahn two big extensions for doing nothing except beating injured Alabama teams. That's it. They beat he beat depleted Alabama teams and he got two extensions and they immediately regretted it. But they did it not once but twice. We remember that story, yep. right? Yep. Um they lost the bowl games right after, and then the fans were like, why do we just give this guy that extension? They lost to UCF yep. and then they lost to Minnesota. Lost the Peach Bowl to UCF, yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Auburn wasn't exactly standing full on in the sunshine like Alabama and Georgia, but they weren't completely in the dark either. Uh they were just sort of in the shade. Malzahn's biggest crime at Auburn wasn't that he failing to be Alabama. And really, Malzahn's biggest crime was falling behind Georgia. That was the that was the worst thing he ever did. Because everybody says, well, they judge him against Alabama. No, he never needed to be Alabama. He fell behind Georgia. Georgia got Kirby Smart. Georgia started being a much, much, much better program, right? Yep. Okay. So 2020, they went six and four in the COVID year. And they decided to fire Malzahn. Sure. They waited a few weeks even to do it. They gave themselves, not not super long, but they waited a little while to do it. Which was even dumber than just firing him right after the season, yes. by the way. Actually, I, remember they fired him after they um, they had just put out this video. Because remember the COVID year? Oh, yeah. The Iron Bowl wasn't the last game Auburn no. played because, um, because there were some like cancellations. They, I yep. think they played Mississippi State to end the year um, because of cancellations. Yes, yep. They played the Iron Bowl, then they played Mississippi State, and they won, and they put out this video of him dancing in the locker room, only to fire him 48 hours later. Yep. I remember that now. Yep. Um, And so, you know, the initial plan was to replace him with Kevin Steele, because the boosters like Kevin Steele. He was the defensive coordinator. They could control him. You remember all this now, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And that was what that was what the powers that be at Auburn wanted. And then the fans revolted, and even, uh, and then uh, uh, Green... The uh, the um, athletic director AJ Green, right? No, uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> he just he's leaving. Uh, what's his? I'll look it up. Keep talking. Yeah. Um. You know, they said no, we're not going to do this, and then you know, power struggle, power struggle, power struggle. Fine, we're going to do a coaching search. They were turned down by Billy Napier, Steve Sarkeesian, and Brent Venables. Turned down by all three, and reportedly Bill Clark, but we don't know really know what happened there. Alan Green. Alan Green. Right. Sauber makes the best of a bad situation by going for Harson. He had yep. to go with the wild card because they were turned down by all their... And Cristobal and all these dudes turned him down, right? Things got off to a decent start last year. Auburn goes 6-2. and two. They're looking fine, right? Things aren't as bad as they could be. Then they lose their last five games to go 6-7, and seven, including the Iron Bowl. Bo Nix goes down. 
Uh, Bo Nix transfers, all the other players transfer, and Auburn's not recruiting. Auburn finishes ninth in recruiting in the SEC behind Missouri. So everybody, now it's a mass exodus. Yes. So instead of supporting their coach and giving him resources to do well, they try to fire him in the offseason. They just hired this guy, and now they're trying to have a secret coup. Oh, and remember how ugly this was? Oh, yeah. They're bringing in pictures of the girl he brought from Boise State and, and, and trying to convince people that he cheated on his wife with her and, and trying to fire Which, him for cause with that. Hold on. We still don't know that didn't happen. We don't. I doubt it did, but we don't know that it didn't. And if it ever comes out, here is hard evidence that it... We're not saying on this podcast that he is a saint and that he didn't do it. No, but I the want to make that very somebody clear. wearing Auburn colors with 100%. an Auburn polo on brought 100%. that into light. Yes, to try to get him fired so they wouldn't have to pay him a buyout. They did a uh, and then the force Alan Green to come out and say they're investigating stuff. Yep. He didn't say exactly what, but they started this investigation, and this was like a two week deal. And then they concluded that they couldn't fire him with cause, and they had to keep him. Yep. And it was just ugly. And then everybody knew he was a dead man walking. Um, you know. And that, he, you know, the whole thing with Mike Bobo, the wide receiver coach that left after four months of being there. Uh, I'm skipping a lot of what I wrote. But anyway, uh, basically Auburn is in a world of hurt. I think Auburn is relatable to the mid-2000s going into the 2010s um, and beyond even Nebraska group that fired Bo Pelini. Because Bo would consistently win 9 to 10 games. And Bo was a hothead and a psychopath, and we know that. We can ask Paxton Rimba to come on, Paxton Rimbus to come on this podcast and talk about his Bo Pelini stories from Youngstown State that would even make you cringe knowing everything you know about college football. But again, they fired the guy that was consistently giving you double-digit win seasons. Mm-hmm. And then they got upset when their precious backup plan that was so brilliant... Didn't work out. You know who else this sounds like? The University of Tennessee. You remember when they almost hired XYZ coaches? Tennessee boosters lost their minds. Fans rioted. They had agreed, they had agreed to Shiano. Picketed the athletic, <laughs> athletic director's door. Made a wall of people protesting to bully the athletic department into a decision. This is the same thing. It is the same thing. This is the same track. So Auburn, look, if you're an Auburn fan listening to this podcast, which you're not and you don't. But what Tennessee even didn't do. You have to be looking up and going, oh my gosh, at best we're doing this for the next six years. But what Tennessee didn't even do was essentially murder their coach and force him to stay that. I mean, they they made it so that Harson, even if he wasn't going to, they made it so he couldn't succeed right. this year. Auburn's out last in recruiting in the SEC. They're behind Vanderbilt. In recruiting. In a schedule where they still play Alabama and Georgia every year. Clark Lee, what's up? So now, okay, I'm not going to... Con- you, you, It's bad. And they lost 41-12 to Penn State. They've lost, you know... Uh, they've, just, they've lost to LSU and they just got drummed by Georgia. We all know what the situation is now. My question is... Where do they go? Because the fans are... There's two, there's two names that fans want. There's two names that keep popping up. They're all discussing... Lane Kiffin, who's undefeated at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. because he got mad that the fans weren't at the games recently earlier this year. He's unhappy. He wants to come to Auburn. And primetime Deion Sanders. Those are the two names that consistently get brought. And Hugh Freeze, I guess, is like sort of a distant third. I could absolutely see Deion Sanders going there. I could absolutely see that. The other person whose name I'll mention, because this is relevant uh, to today, 
as we are sitting here October 10th recording this. Um, what about a little guy named Matt Rule? Oh, that'd be an awful fit. It'd be a terrible fit, but would you awful. put it past him? Because I sure wouldn't. I would love it if they got Matt Rule. Or if somebody comes in for the Panthers and coaches them next year and gets rid of Joe Brady. I could see Joe Brady getting a hire. Ooh, a big offensive-minded guy. Joe Brady, who doesn't... I don't think Joe Brady ever comes back to college, though. I, look, man, it, it's just... They're in a world of pain. They really are. They, they really are. And I, I could see Dion going there because it's the name, and that's what Auburn loves to do, is their, their precious little brand. But uh, guess what? Your precious little brand is not going to be up to the Auburn creed for the next decade, at best. No, I mean, they've set themselves back several, several years. They were on the cusp of like, hey, if they nailed their hire... You know, after they got rid of Malzahn, they'd be still be competitive, but they went the opposite direction. Yep. Anyway, thank you for listening to my weird diatribe. I didn't want to read all like seven paragraphs I wrote, but uh, I mean, yes, prime time would be an int- it'd be nothing but interesting. Uh, but I don't think it would work. Storyline that's not being talked about enough this season. I'm going to take this one. And I'm going to take it into a weird route. Okay, let's talk. Let's go local. What do you learn in local news? Always start local. Think local. What is the local thing that we need to talk about? That's what we're going to do right now. The triangle college football scene has gone the exact opposite as everyone thought it would this year. Carolina is going to be maybe okay. Drake may will be good, but who knows? That's pretty much stayed the course. That's one of the things that stayed the course. They had a really, really tough win against a ailing Georgia state team. Okay. They barely snuck out of Boone with their lives. They lost to Notre Dame in a pretty miserable fashion. Um, And, and throughout it all, they have said over and over again, well, we don't like Mac. Mac's probably not the guy. Mac needs to retire. Okay? That's all their message boards say. Well, our defense is not up to snuff. Gene Chizik needs to be fired. But then you look at the other side of the ball, and we're right back to the Sam Howell-Mitch Trubisky conversation. So, yeah. well, we've got a great quarterback, but we just don't have a team around him. So that stayed pretty much the course is what you think it would from North Carolina. Sure. They're doing, to this point, I will admit, better than I thought they would. Yeah, they are. Drake May's fun to watch. They have a pretty decent offense. Their defense uh, makes me want to gouge my eyes out. They are so bad at defense. They're terrible. I think they just had their best defensive performance against Miami. Mm-hmm. And um, Miami lost Middle Tennessee State. Like they did. Yes. Anyway, uh, then let's go to the other side. Let's go over to Duke. Duke's had what, Duke's season over under win total predicted by Vegas was what? Two and a half. I've got it right here. Hold on. It was two and a half. When I say this, this is a glowing endorsement of Duke football. They have played adequate football this year. Yes. They have looked passable as a team. I Look, I, they're not better than Ca- Carolina fans. Calm down. They're not better than you. That's not what I'm saying. What I am going to say is they are making that game, uh, Duke, that Duke-North Carolina game this weekend at 8 p.m., a lot more interesting than it was preseason. I don't think they're going to win. Calm down. But look, man, they're like I said, their over-under win total for the season was two and a half, and they had that in the first three games. You can't do any better than that. They started out 3-0. and They nearly beat Kansas, who we just said is pretty fun to watch. They're pretty fun. They're pretty good. They drummed Virginia, and they lost a tough overtime battle to Georgia Tech, which they shouldn't have lost. They looked pretty bad doing it, but um, they're doing a lot better than we thought. Okay, Wolfpack fans, this isn't going to be fun for you to hear. Y'all are bad. Y'all are see, not good at football. how they won the other day? Yes. Ugh. And not to mention, their best player just got hurt. Bad. His shoulder is 
messed up. Quarterback? Devin Leary. Leary's hurt? Got hurt. Did not know that. Yep. All I know is my dad has my dad's a big Florida State fan. The people aren't familiar with the podcast. My parents both went there. All I know is my dad's probably said ten words since the loss. <laughs> it was it was not pretty. It was not pretty. It was an ugly game. Um I I don't know, man. Florida State's such a weird team this year. They're so weird to watch. Like you know how I, Alabama is a couple plays from being four and two. Yeah, it's the Florida State's a. They're four and two now. They're a couple plays from being six and zero. Oh. Yeah, for sure. They should be five and one. Uh, well, and then remember, they also could have lost to LSU. And they could have lost to LSU. So they could be five hundred right now. They could be. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. NC State's just not a one point win against East Carolina where their kicker missed two field goals. You've got they killed Chuck South, but I think you and I could suit up and beat Chuck South tomorrow if Jade's blocking for us. We've got NC State uh, beating Texas Tech at home by 13. Eh. Yeah. And then, uh, sure, you beat Connecticut. That's a team you should beat. They kind of hung tough with Clemson for a little bit, but then Clemson just kind of ran away from them. And then, like the game you said, wasn't as close as the score. In the nearly game. lost to Florida State. This is not the season you guys were supposed to have. They should have lost to Florida State. Big time. Florida State was about to kick a 34-yard field goal to win, but their ridiculously stupid coach decided to throw the ball. Yes. Like it's second and eight. It just it it made it. I don't know. We're gonna learn a lot about North Carolina State Saturday when they play Syracuse, which is a sentence that I didn't think I would be saying. I didn't think I would be glancing my eyes towards the wide arena of the Carrier Dome on Saturday, but it looks like that's what I'm doing. A um, storyline I wanted to bring up and talk about just very quickly, though, but something that is a huge that I don't I don't know that many people realize it, but the transfer quarterback portal, just the quarterbacks. You've got three undefeated top ten transfer quarterbacks. Yep. You've got Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. You've got Jackson Dart, and you've got Caleb Williams. And this is the new normal for college football. Get used to seeing guys that are at good situations leaving for great situations. That's going to happen a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to name any names yet. That might be an off season thing. I've already discussed one with you that I think could happen. But I don't want to anger anybody, and I don't want to get you know get ahead of the eight ball there. But you will see quarterbacks that are in good spots. Go to great spots. You'll see in quarterbacks that are okay spots go to good spots the, all the time. Yes. So you're asking what? Who has been the best of that transfer No, group? just mentioning that that's a thing to get okay. used to. To just, you're going to see. So Alabama will be searching for a new quarterback. We just saw that yeah. Jalen Milrow isn't probably that guy. No. We don't have a lot of faith in what we saw. No. They have a freshman Ty Simpson, but if the coaches at Alabama, the, whoever the new offensive coordinator is, because there will be a new one. God willing. God willing. Whoever that is, if he looks at Ty Simpson and goes, I don't like the way he's progressed, Alabama will be hitting the transfer portal hard, and Ohio State might be doing the same thing. And this is going to be a world where you've got Alabama and Ohio State window shopping for new quarterbacks. Because the way to do it is have Toyota reach out to, I'm going to throw out a name that absolutely won't transfer, so don't make anybody mad. Reach out to... um. Uh, Hendon Hooker and say, hey, you know, you're driving a, a Corvette, but come drive a Ferrari. Yeah. No, I like you're not wrong. And that that is a perfect name because there's no way he's leaving. Tennessee. Right. He's not leaving Tennessee unless but, it's for the NFL. He's not leaving. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about him in a minute because good night. He is so good. Um, but I think uh, Caleb Williams is a great example, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude just had everything. Oklahoma yeah, every, yeah, silver platter. And then just, you know what? I think I can make it a little better. And not even that. He left with his old coach. Yeah. Or I guess his coach. Yeah, but- and that's yeah, and that's a good point. But then you've got the other side of that, which is way darker. 
Look yeah. at Spencer Rattler. Awful. Jaden Daniels, worse than Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Like, you have all these guys that have transferred to go to a quote-unquote better situation, and it's just not even close I to actually happening. don't think Jaden Daniels has played that bad this year. He threw his first pick the other day. Shut up. He threw his first pick against Tennessee. I, don't, I guess I don't know It was late really... in the game. It was like garbage time, like 30 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. That's crazy to me. But then again, that wasn't really... It didn't a pro- count. It wasn't a problem for him against, uh, with yeah. Arizona State either. He just couldn't ever hit an open receiver. Yeah. And loved scrambling outside of the pocket too quickly. Speaking of which... All right. Uh, hey, look, it's been 45 minutes. If you're a college football fan, that was Pat's interference. And we love you. And we're so glad you decided to listen. If you want to turn us off right now, go for it. That's fine. I'll give you three seconds. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> And now we'll go to Alabama. Okay. We're going to talk about Alabama now. We're, we're going to go, not briefly. I don't want to go briefly, but we're going to pick up the pace a little bit. Because I think if you are listening to this half of the podcast, you're an Alabama fan and you feel almost exactly how we do right now. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you're a little bit more optimi- or pessimistic about Alabama for the first time. Maybe ever on this podcast. Maybe ever than I am. Yes. Okay. Um, let me just say this. Let me paint the picture. John Teich, if you're listening, I love you. Your wedding was fantastic Saturday. I am so happy for you in Asia. Kevin Burke, great to see you. Denise, great to see you. Everybody, Alexis, Talisa, great to see everybody at the wedding. My wife looked to the nines. We had a great time. We went bowling afterward. That's where I watched the last quarter of the A&M Alabama game. I watched two other snaps from that game, and one of them was a touchdown by Alabama. By the way, it was the Jalen Milrow pass to... um, Oh, gosh. It was not to lot to his other uh, Burton. Burton. Great ball. He had two throws in that game where rewatching it, I was like, wow, that was a great pass. There was that one and then the one where he scrambled outside the pocket and hit Ja'Cory Brooks about 14 yards down the field. I mean, looked back across the field and absolutely nailed him. Okay. Great. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, everything else from that game that he did was atrocious. Either a mistake by him and very, very bad. And I will say this about Jalen Milrow, saved us in the Arkansas game. That is going to get swept under the rug, and that's a shame because of how poorly he played against Texas A&M. But his scramble in the Arkansas game won us that game, and I will never hear anything otherwise. That was third and 15, and Arkansas was down by four. Bama's not winning that game if he doesn't hit that scramble for 70 yards. He just won't. And that's the Arkansas game you didn't watch, by the way. Yeah, I was. So I we're was on other side. I was, I was at a wedding that weekend, um, correct. I, I, I don't think... Um, he, uh, the other part of that is uh, there were a lot of his issues that were just holding onto the ball too long, fumbling. I don't think he's completed a ball over 20 yards this season in the air. Um, and the two that he's thrown that I've seen were miserable interceptions where he either horribly underthrew it or threw it directly to the other team. Um, and that terrifies me to my core because this offense right now, and this is the other part of it, is not built to do short intermittent passes. This is not the Tua Ruggs, Judy Smith year. Okay. No, absolutely not. This is a, you need to give your receivers time to get open on some, usually some, let's face it, BS, where they're just running around and Bryce just is patient enough and good enough to do it. Yeah. Um, and then you need, uh, you, you have to, you have to look at Bill O'Brien and say, what the, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? I was talking to my dad on the way home, and he said it looks like every single play he called was purposefully to expose how bad Melrose was at certain things. There was no pullout. There was no designed runs for Melrose. They had one read option that went for about 12 yards, and I don't know that he called another one. And it, 
What's wrong with remember a Remember I texted you during the wedding. I said, hey, we're actually really nice to read option again. And yes. I never, it never happened again. Um, yeah. Where is the quarterback power? Where is the quarterback off tackle? When there's zero blitzing and inside pressing all your receivers, trying to force everything outside, where's the, where are the slip screens? Where's the where slip the, screen? Where's the bubble screen? Where is a slant route? Dude, we scored on the one slant route we threw. And that's actually not true. There was another one where Milrow missed Kobe Prentice, who I texted you today yes. rewatching it, was open for about six minutes yeah. before Milrow even looked his way and threw it to him and then overthrew him and nearly threw a pick. It was a perfect storm because... Especially the second half. I actually thought, and I've said this a lot, I thought Bill O'Brien was fine in the first half. Second half, Ana made adjustments, and Bill O'Brien made none. Actually, he he went backwards. It's not even he made adjustments. He went away from what was working. And what was working even in the moment, in the second half, he'd have a great couple plays by Gibbs, and then they'd drop him back five, do a five-step drop that would end up in a sack. So, um, no, okay, I'm getting off topic. But what I guess what I'm saying is it was the perfect storm of Bill O'Brien having especially a second, uh, an especially terrible second half, and also being hamstrung by what he could do because Jalen Milrow's just not an SEC caliber quarterback. Right, not yet, and I am very skeptical that he ever will be. I am too, and I, I feel bad. By the way, I feel bad that I'm just dogging Jalen Milrow as much as I have the last two days. Because I again, do too. I wanted to. I wanted him to come out and look really good, and he looked great in a day. And he looked great in a day, and 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 I get it was his first start, but guess what? Like, like he's been in the program for two years, and nobody's ever come out and said like Milrow's going to be as good as as Bryce. But Bryce was in the program less time than Milrow's been when he had his first start. Right, right. It's just Tua had been in the program less time than he had when when he got his first chance to shine. I was talking to Jade the other day, on the way home, and. It's not just that he's... Look, Alabama needs a good quarterback. College football has changed. The days of the Greg McElroys and, you know, this is being a little mean to AJ, but the AJ McCarrens of the world, the Jake Cokers of the world, who midway through the season, are, you're just going, okay, is this, re- is this guy really going to be our starter? This guy's really going to be our starter. We don't have time to sit around and wait. Jalen's no, passing will get but better. We don't, we don't do that but anymore. No, that's college football now. It's not just an Alabama thing. College football, you no longer have the opportunity, unless you're Navy or Army, to sit there and say, okay, yeah, well, he's not great, but he's ours, and he's tough, and he's got a good heart like Jake Coker did, and he can put his shoulder down, and sometimes he hits the big throw, and that's great. It's not like a Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's young, but he's fiery, and he can scramble like the Dickens. That world of college football, it's not Tua, bro. That world's gone. That world of college football is gone. You need a day one, come in, punch him in the mouth, Great quarterback starter. You need a Quinn Ewers, period, in college football now. There's too big of a talent pool. And if you take a risk, I would rather be a team that takes a risk on somebody like like Spencer Rattler, as an example. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. But you remember all the hype he had coming out of college? Yeah, he was the number one quarterback you in his class. You have to go over that guy. You have to at least try to get him. DJU at Clemson. He was the guy. It was him and Bryce. And Clemson got one, and Bama got the other. And look at both of them now. There's not a team in the country that wouldn't have taken either. If sure. Alabama would have taken DJU and Bryce in the same class if they were interested. Yes, absolutely. And they would have let them compete. Absolutely. Like, I think Milrow, yes, hey, Milrow, if he wanted to, you know, have fun for, you know, and, and, and Kansas can, like, see if he can turn into a quarterback after 10 starts. But with a team that has expectations like Alabama or any team in the Southeastern Conference, you don't have time to hope that he's what we we saw what we saw 
We yes. saw what we saw, and I've I already said this on the podcast. Um, I don't want to see him start another game. I don't want him to come out week one. I don't want there. I mean, I know there will be a competition because it would be really unfair to both quarterbacks on the roster going into next year. Yeah. But I think if the guy coming in, if he doesn't see starting caliber potential in Ty Simpson, right? By the second, by the year, by the time you're a second year player at Alabama, you need to be able to hit the ground running. Yes. Or we're going to look for somebody that's been doing this longer and better than you. And I will say this because I'm done talking bad about Jalen Milrow because again, Season's over without him at this point. Say what you will. He won the game he started mm-hmm. against Texas A&M. Again, <laughs> as much as he tried not to. In spite of him and Bill O'Brien, yes, we won. But they, they, he they won. won, but he's a winner. He's okay? got a better win percentage against A&M than Bryce does. That's true. <laughs> That's true. As a starter, so, absolutely. So. And then the Arkansas game, he won. He okay? did? Look, he wasn't great. But the play we needed him to be great and make a play, he did. He did. You know who's not helping him and who deserves... I'm not exaggerating here, and I will fight tooth and nail about this number. 85% of the blame is Bill O'Brien. You Can can you imagine that Jalen Milrow offense on Saturday if Sark is the OC? He would just would have... I don't know that it would have been uh, what we had with Hurts when Hurts was being great, but he would... Sark... His best credit was knowing how to use his weapons yes. and when to use his weapons. Yes. Bill O'Brien is nev- does not know how to use his best He tries player. so hard to uppercut his own system into every single player that he doesn't look down and go, okay, look, our guys are not getting open just based on speed routes. You're going to get me going. We're going we're gonna to spend a minute on Bill O'Brien. Like, so- like route running is not this receiving class's best. It is... Looking at the quarterback and and working visually off of that. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that tell you we need to do? I mean, it's just it's it's just what are we doing? Um, like I, I I get and look you you joked about this on my patio a month ago, and you're like you've never liked an OC. Okay, I liked Sark. Yeah, as much as I yes. hate to admit it. Yeah, I love Sark. You did like okay? Sark. And I think you've come around a fair amount on Lane Kiffin. Yes, yeah. oh, because the, of Bill O'Brien. That's, you've come that, around that's on the Lane next Kiffin. name that I was about to say. <laughs> but I swear. I have never in my life disliked not even a Doug Nussmeyer, not even a Major Applewhite. Were you even, this is not me like taking a dig at you, were you even a fan when Major Applewhite was around? No, I, was, I wasn't a fan no, in 2009. You, you I, was still, in, I was still an FSU guy. You came in at uh, at what point? It was, uh, who was the OC then? It would have been McIlwain. It would have been McIlwain. Right? Yes, I got to Alabama in 2010. I sort of became a fan at the end of 2009, but I don't fully count that season. I had just Dude, decided I was going to Bama. The most vanilla, bland offenses. Now, granted, college football was a lot different back it's then. Different. It was, Our offense was hand the ball off to, to Richardson or Ingram 70 Lining up time. under center and just jamming it down people's throats. Yeah, and then um, uh, McElroy would play action. And right. That was, and then usually go to Julio. Yes. And, and that if was... If you need to go deep, you go to Marquise And that's Mays. what... That was the offense. That's what most teams did. Look yeah. at Stafford and A.J. Green. Right. At Georgia. Like, that's just what you did. That world is gone. And there's just never been a coordinator I've disliked and that I think have done more harm for the program than Bill O'Brien. That includes Danny Nose, by the way. I'm going to say something that you're going to hate, and then I'm going to describe it and, and explain. Go you're going to go, okay, actually, you're right. I love, love wide receiver screens. Love them. Uh, I'm okay with them. But in, in the right moments, they're, yeah. A Bill O'Brien wide receiver screen is a, scr- is a swing pass seven yards behind the line of scrimmage to create a one-on-one situation between the DB and the cornerback. Where everybody knows, by the way, you mean the DB and the wide receiver. DB and the wide receiver. Where everybody knows where the ball is going, right? If, if look, if Ja'Cory Brooks is running 
sprinting across the field from one sideline to another. I'm telling everyone on my defense, that guy's getting the ball because Bill O'Brien hasn't shown me once this season a play where he fakes it to that guy and throws it back across the other side of the field. It's a swing pass seven yards behind the line of scrimmage to set up a one-on-one situation between the defensive back and the wide receiver, which usually, first of all, he always runs those to Treshawn Holden, our possession receiver for some reason, instead of Isaiah Bond or or Christian Leary or JoJo Earl. Any of those dudes never get those seven-yard swing passes. No. It's all Always Treshawn Holden for whatever reason. A Sark screen pass. Always had blockers. It was always the receiver coming back to the ball, not running away from the ball. Yes. Um, it helps the quarterback. It helps the blockers. It helps everybody get set up. But that's not how Bill O'Brien does things. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And he's. it's infuriating to me to watch his offense cook. Like, like it, it hurts. It actually hurts. I think Sabe, I think when we saw Saban scream run the ball on camera, it sort it sort of felt like the beginning of like he's this just he did it last year in the national title game, man. He, it's just it's he, he this is the second time he's done it. I'm so tired of people bringing up that clip. It happened against Georgia. Yeah, but now it's year two. Th- th- but that's no, you're I a th- coordinator. I think, I no, think, it, no. What I'm saying is, I think we're we're getting to the remember Saban kind of let Nussmeyer quote-unquote resign by going to Michigan? Yes. I think Saban is going to tell Bill O'Brien, take whatever job's coming up because we, we need a new face leading this offense. Um, and by the way, if that happens week nine, I'm okay with that. No, if, I don't care. If Bryce is playing, I'll say yes. How many times has Bryce audibled out of a, a shit call this season. Well, I, that's why I'm saying I'm convinced that Bryce would be able to succeed with uh, with uh, you know your dear sweet Jade calling the offense. So here's my thing. It'd actually probably be a lot better. And here's here's where I start to get real. I I really start to fume. We have Jameer Gibbs who is playing out of his mind right now. By the way, he got the appropriate amount of touch. I will get that is the one nice thing I'll say about Saturday. Jameer Gibbs got the appropriate amount of time. He had, I think, yeah, 25 touches. They didn't run it to the right direction at all in the fourth quarter. No, they didn't. They needed to go outside because they were zero blitzing everything inside and yeah. forcing and forcing Milrow to beat him on the edges, and we wouldn't play the edges at all. No, we wouldn't. And uh, so the thing that infuriates me is not Saturday. Is not next Saturday in Knoxville because he's going to infuriate me even if Bryce plays. Okay? What makes me the most angry is looking at... Generational talent, Bryce Young, Heisman winner, had a pretty good opportunity this year to go back-to-back winning the Heisman. Okay, Probably the best opportunity in college football across the last 10, 20 years yeah. to go back-to-back Besides and win Besides Tebow, I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, yes, right. And I feel like he's been wasted. Jameer Gibbs is a great running back who will make a lot of money in the NFL. I feel like he has been wasted. I look back at Jamison Williams, who had a ton of yards last year. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say that he was wasted. I want to say that I would have loved to have seen what Sarkeesian could have done with those guys. Or a Kiffin. I think, actually, Jamison Williams, Joe I think, Brady. is the one guy that Bill O'Brien used correctly. I just, he was the entire offense. It was, I mean, he you know he almost won the Belitnikoff and like half of our offense was throwing it up to him. And that was the right call, uh, usually. But but you have a general generational talent in Bryce Young, whose entire offense this year has been okay. If my O line can hold up, which by the way the O line's not getting enough love this season. It's 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 not perfect, but it's leagues it's, better than last yes, year. Yes, which by the way preseason you can go back and listen to our preseason episode. 
we said that was the linchpin. Yeah. If the O-line can come together, even a metronome better than last year, we're winning the national title. That's what we said. The difference, is, the difference now this year has been turnovers. Yes, 100%. To, get away, to even get away from Bill O'Brien, we have been a sloppy football team. Um. Yes. Penalties and otherwise. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, and I'm not counting. I'm not counting the dress up games. I'm not counting week one. I'm not counting week three. But you're also I'm, then you're also taking the blame away from Bill O'Brien because why do sloppy plays happen? Because they're 18 to 22 year olds and they get confused by stuff and they get frustrated and they want to force things that aren't there. Okay. And if you have an offensive coordinator that looks down and says, "Okay, look, Jalen Milrow's not Bryce." And if I make him stand back there and throw the ball like an NFL quarterback, like a pocket passer, he's not going to enjoy that, and we're not going to win this game. That's what a good OC does. And Bill O'Brien's not a good OC, and so he said the exact opposite. You know what, Jalen? Good luck. Hey, I hope you I hope you have figured out how to scramble in the last two weeks because other than Arkansas, it hasn't been there. How many times Saturday could he have touched the ball and ran 15 yards and he just didn't do it? He did it all the time in the first half. That was our whole. That's how we kept getting in scoring position. Was it he just would, he would. We'd have a third both, down. And he'd both get, fumbles were because he either decided to scramble way too late or he didn't decide. I to don't scramble. think the scrambles were or the interception. I don't think any of the turnovers were on Bill that happened in the game. In the moment I was watching, it, it was he just, can't be blameless. He he cannot be blameless here. Uh, the turnovers were not on Bill. He didn't call a great game, but it was just. I mean, he's going to get sacked, and and the interception. He had two other receivers wide open, but he threw it to the deepest one in double coverage. Um, he had a bond wide open on the, on the edge, but he didn't, uh, Milrow didn't look to the sidelines once he, everything was over the middle. I mean, it was just so obvious. A&M knew what he was going to do. So it's, it's, I mean, it's just a, it's a perfect storm of neither guy could support each other out there. Right. And, and he's not Bryce. And that's, that's what it is. Uh, when, when Bill O'Brien makes a bad call, Bryce can either audible out of it or he can, you know, break down the play and, and create chaos and, and hit something else that's open. But, okay. um, so here's, here's where this is going to get better for me. Mm-hmm. And if you want to live in the pit, I don't blame you. And I'll let you live down there. Yeah. Um, defense is unbelievably good. Defense is so good. That defense is so unbelievably talented. Every time they needed to make a play Saturday, they made a play. It's the best we've had in a few years. They gave up 17 points off turnovers. And Texas A&M scored 20 points. Okay. They had a interception in the end zone that got called back at the end of the game that... Uh, yes, probably needed to be called, but if there's a no call there and it's a home game for any other team in college football, no one's really saying anything. Now, if that's a non-call at an Alabama game, then everybody's up in arms about how we're paying the refs, even though the stats don't really reflect that at all. And if you actually believe that, you're a moron. Um, but the defense is so astoundingly good. And the corners, the defensive backfield getting so much better. They Ter- played, they played scared against Texas. They did not play scared against Unbelievably A&M. good. Arnold is what we thought Ricks was going to be this season. Yes, he is. Um, when there is a blitz, Will Anderson is going to get in the backfield. It may take a second, but I cannot tell you how many plays this weekend or in the Arkansas game where, okay, quarterback is let go of the ball, boom, hand on his shoulder by Will Anderson, right? Or quarterback rushed out of the pocket. Who is it? Oh, well, there's Will Anderson or Dallas Turner or Chris freaking Braswell. Played out of his mind on Saturday. We're forgetting that Braswell was a top 10 player in his recruit. I mean, it was like absolutely 
out of his mind. Yeah. We talked so much about Dallas Turner. We talked so much about Will Anderson. Chris Braswell just kind of fell by the wayside this year, and he was a monster Saturday. He's, he was in on every play. He's having his sophomore breakout. Henry Tooto. If there is a run on the edge, you are not getting there if Tooto is making a good read. Now, sometimes he gets confused, and he leaks back towards the middle and gets caught up in a block, and they can bust outside and get 10, 12 yards. But if he reads the play correctly and goes outside, you're not beating him in the open field. He's one of the better open field uh, linebackers that we've had tackling in a long time in the Saban era. He's, he's a really good CJ Mosley style open field tackling on the run. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm glad to hear you're giving him credit. That, that defense, that defense, uh, Demarco Hellams, Jordan Battle, our safeties are outstanding. Like the last, I can't remember the last time. Actually, I can. It was Utah State. Jordan Battle made a bad play, and it was in an inconsequential moment in the third quarter. Oh yeah, I don't. Like, it doesn't matter, right? I, it was I like a 20-yard game. I don't spend game. any time thinking about our safeties most games. I don't, think, I don't think negatively about that defense at all. I've, all of my complaints are nitpicks about the defense. But I'm going to go ahead and say them because I'm the negative guy today. I've got three nitpicks. One go of them it. is Will Anderson. Will Anderson, when you're in the backfield and you're coming with your hair on fire, learn to break down, shuffle your feet, and then make the tackle. He, he, he comes in with his hair on fire too often this year. Okay. And he's... Now he's back there thirty times a game. Yes. He had eleven quarterback hurries. This he had he That's, had a sack. He had eleven quarterback hurries. Yes, but if he just sort of learned that, I know he knows how to do it. He's just not because he is such a competitor that he's not been doing it. But he need, somebody needs to tell him. All right, you're getting there. Now just take that little split second to make sure you make the tackle. especially. You don't have to force a fumble. You're strong. You will force the fumble. Yes, but just that's one, and he will. That, that will sort itself out. I'm not worried about Two that. Two is the deep ball. It feels like we're losing most 50-50 balls. That scares me. That's the only thing about this defense that actually The other does team doesn't get to try to do them because usually we're in the backfield and they don't get yes. the opportunity to throw deep. But when they do, we're losing a lot of 50-50 balls. And then this next one is a complaint about both sides of the ball. It is offense and defense. And we... You, to this point of the season, we've almost always seen Alabama play their complete, like... Very good four quarter game where they beat a team that they should beat, but by a good. We haven't seen that this year. I won't say that. I I, I won't say that. Okay, and when I say that, I mean like we were about to see it against Arkansas, and then Bryce went down. Right, and they and they came back. And by the way, uh, if Bryce plays and we, Saturday, and we, yeah. we definitely see it against. And we won that. Yes, but that. Okay, so what I'm. What, I guess my point. But, is... But that doesn't matter because he, he is hurt, and it doesn't matter because yes, that's to the this world. year. Neither side of the ball in any game this year has been able to just. Deliver the kill shot when it's there. Mm -hmm. Right? AM, it keeps looking like, all right, Alabama can go up two scores and then it's going to cascade. Yes. And they fumble. It happened against Texas early in the Texas game. We scored on our first drive. Texas punts, and it looks like we can go up two scores and we have a big, costly mistake, probably a penalty if we're talking about that game. Arkansas, it doesn't count because Bryce went down and, and the team was out of sorts and then they did win running away with it. I guess you could call the, the Gibbs runs kill shots. So maybe I'm being too harsh on the offense. Yeah, but we're just not we're not creating turnovers on defense. We had our second interception of the season on Saturday, and it was a gift from Haynes King. Yes, and you we're you, dropping a lot of picks. We're yes. not causing a lot of fumbles, and you can't like beg your team to cause fumbles, and you can't no, control that. That's but just again. Saban did say in the presser today. He did say our defense has not been doing a good enough job creating turnovers, yes. and our offense isn't doing a good job taking care of the ball. And he had this whole. A reporter asked a good question. He had this whole thing about how, yes, that is the main thing he's talking about with this team is that we've never had a team this late in the season with a negative turnover ratio. Yeah. And that's what's going to kill us. If we keep doing this, we will lose a game. Yes. 
Um, and it's going to be to an embarrassing team that we shouldn't. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go now. Yes. You, you mentioned those are nitpicky things. I think the turnover thing, and again, you make a very valid point. How many Alabama games have you watched where we've turned the ball over four times on offense? It, usually you, they end up in losses. You can, I don't see us win those games. You can count them on one hand. Yeah. Okay? That's my point, mm-hmm. is they are very few and far between. I don't see that happening again this season. And if it does, we deserve to lose. Okay? Um, so we can, we can look at this like one of two ways, right? I think you can look at this season so far as, man, like Alabama just hasn't been where they've needed to be. They just, and that's, that's a very good point. Okay. But I think the way that needs to be phrased and the thing that sort of flipped it upside down for me was Alabama has not really had the opportunity to be that team yet. You play Texas in week two. That's tough, man. Mm-hmm. That's a tough game. And now, by the way, like I said, I'll say it again. Because I said it after the Texas game, and then they lost to Texas Tech, and I think people just kind of signed them off, yeah. which is BS. Because, um, again, Quinn Ewers comes in, and they drum Oklahoma. Okay, They absolutely killed Oklahoma the other day. And Quinn Ewers was unbeatable, just like he was against Alabama. Okay, But Alabama withstood that test. Texas A&M withstood that test. Arkansas withstood that test. We didn't really withstand the Quinn Ewers test. (laughs) I mean, Texas as a whole, you absolutely did. And and by the way, that's week two. When week one, you played Utah State, who you should kill. And they did. You saw a a spark of the Alabama team that I think is going to actually take the field, maybe not on Saturday. Okay? And this is another thing that I'll say. Bama loses Saturday. Season's not over by a long shot. Lose Saturday and win out. So I kept saying as we looked like we were about to lose on the last try. I was like, all right, but if we lose this game, all right, it's not. I think it's more detrimental to lose to A&M. Yeah. I really do. If Alabama loses Saturday and they go out and win out, they are in the playoff period. Okay? Period. You cannot tell me otherwise. Same can be said against any conference opponent. If we, we get. I think it's harder to do with a Western opponent because the West is so mediocre this year. Yeah. An Eastern opponent like Georgia or Tennessee, then yeah. I, I mean, I, we lost to a mediocre A&M team last year and made the playoff. Still, right. So, my point, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I, I think that is that is a possibility that Alabama does lose on Saturday. Um, if Bryce Young uh, isn't healthy enough to go, it's, it's an absolute. It is going to happen. Uh, they will lose that game on Saturday yeah, we, to Tennessee. We don't have anything on them. Yeah. Um, I have half a mind to put uh, a JoJo Earl at quarterback and see what happens. Yeah. Well, or Ty Simpson. I'm, yeah. I'm again, I'm I, I, I just don't. Um, but again, I think once you see this Alabama team come out, the defense playing how they could, because the defense did not play as well as they can in te- at Texas, not anywhere near where they can play now, where they did against Arkansas towards the end of the game and where they did all night. We only on gave Saturday. up 19 points to Texas. Right. Right. But still, they were undisciplined. Brick, they had like 80-something penalties, right? But that's... And not saying that was completely gone on Saturday, but it was way further diminished, okay? Um, I think Alabama has a really good shot of winning in Knoxville, Bryce Young Place. Tennessee... I mean, they're 10-point favorites because the Vegas does expect Bryce to play. Yes. Yes, right. Um, and usually, Vegas is pretty on the nose about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if how you many... want to see if he's playing, watch that line. Yeah. That's how you'll know more than anything what that Saban says. Yes. Um, and by the way, that line's already down to seven and a half today after Saban's presser. I don't know if really? you saw that. Dropped two and a half points almost immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think if Bryce Young plays, Tennessee's pass defense has been uh, 
fairly mediocre this year. Tennessee's defense as a whole has been fairly mediocre. Their run mediocre. defense has been good. It's been fine. It's been um, pretty good. Go look at their defensive metric. Go look at where they stand on rush defense. Because I looked it up last night, and it's not near where you probably think I don't think Gibbs is going to have the holes he's had the last two weeks. Um, We'll see. We will see. And uh, I, I will say this. If Bryce plays on Saturday and they decide, hey, we're going to make Bryce Young beat us, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right, go for it. Let me know how that goes for you. Um, I, I, I think Alabama is going to be okay, is, is my point here. And I think you're sort of looking at this season like, oh, Saturday is like the season. It's just been such a tease this year. This year's been such a tease. And I'm I'm frustrated. I will admit that a lot of my frustration comes from both leagues because the Dolphins were a tease for the first month, and they were undefeated, and then their quarterback gets hurt, and now they're just yes. scrambling. Your football world is kind of crumbling in on itself. It's it Yes, it's it's massive excitement for through September, especially with the Dolphins because they're having success I've not ever seen as a fan. Beating the Bills, beating the uh, beating the Patriots, and beating the Ravens—three really good teams—and now they just got you know had to play a third-string quarterback against the Jets because their quarterbacks keep getting kicked. So I'm just frustrated overall, but I'm soured a little bit on—I'm not soured. I just feel a lot more pessimistic than you do about Alabama because of the turnovers and because after the Texas game, you and I both said, "Well, we're not going to have another game where we play that crappy," and then we did it three weeks later against another Texas team. But but. It, and I get it. Bryce wasn't in. We have in. our backup quarterback. In, I get man. that Bryce wasn't in, but Will Riker missing. That's like, that's like field. sitting here and being like, "Well, yeah, the Beatles aren't as good because Paul McCartney is not singing for him anymore." Like, yeah, obviously, it's, dude. It's, it's McClellan and fumbling, and it's it's Riker missing two field goals, yeah, and just the kill shots. There, just do it. You make this field goal, and A and M Kane's King won't be able to yeah, do this. Right, and they didn't. And what happened? They still won the game. <sighs> So what does that tell you for the rest of the season? Because for me, I feel like for you, that is the, well, that's just going to keep happening, and that's going to be the team we see all year. And I don't have that mentality at all. No, I didn't think we were, and then we did again. So I am waiting again for us to do that against Ole Miss. I'm waiting for us to do it against Mississippi State. But listen, you're doing that with the Jalen Milrow filter on your head. Dude, if Bryce plays in that game Saturday, how many do we win by? I thought we would have been up 28-7 or 28 nothing at halftime. Uh, with Bryce playing. With Bryce playing, yes. Yeah. I think it's a blowout. So then what are you worried about? If he comes back this weekend, what are you worried about? And he's healthy, which again, right. two big ifs. I need him to come back and be able to throw the And ball. the ironic part about this is I'm more pessimistic about Bryce Young playing Saturday than you are. I know. He did know. not throw a warm-up, and we have not seen any videos of him throwing at all. Because our offense is poorly coached, and we're not disciplined. Yes. Twice this year against our two best opponents so far. 100%, yeah. Because uh, Yep. I guess you have to say AM's a better opponent than Arkansas. They did beat Arkansas. So against our two best opponents, we've played mm-hmm. the two of the most undisciplined games I've ever seen an Alabama team uh-huh. play. Without their starting quarterback, but keep going. They had they had Bryce Young the entire Texas game. Uh and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought, about, I thought you're talking about I thought you're talking about Arkansas. I thought you were talking about back to back weeks being Arkansas and Texas AM. Oh. I we 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 were starting to see the Alabama team we wanted to see against uh, against Arkansas against Arkansas yes. yes and that was that was the tease right but that's my point and then I'm at a wedding wait, and dude. I'm about to go to a wedding and I'm watching we I watch I watch up the wedding started at five so I got to watch up to the injury yeah and I said all right guys I got to leave for this wedding and that yes it was such a tease it was such a mm. 
Look, Mm-mm. look, I, I understand where you're coming from. Dolphins beating the Bengals on Thursday night. We're football. not worried about the Dolphins. This isn't Boom. a Dolphins podcast. Like, you know I'm sorry, I'm, but forget the saying. Dolphins, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? My thing is, I just, we haven't seen this Alabama team yet this season. We have not seen them as a complete unit where the defense is as good as they are, where Bryce Young is playing and healthy. We have not seen that, but for one half this year, and we were up by 17 points against a really good team. And are we going to see it? I hope, but all that... That's de- what I'm pessimistic about. All that depends Will on... we even get to get there? All that depends on is an AC joint injury. I don't think that is a, well, once Bryce comes back, we still have these issues. And when because, Bryce comes back, he hasn't thrown a football in 14 because, days. Because, by the way, when Bri- I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that in the slightest. <laughs> You've seen him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how he... He's not just going to forget what he's been doing his entire life because of 14 days of injury. Where, by the way, if you don't think he's been throwing a football at least a little bit... I think he's been throwing. Like, I, I think... And then when he comes back and he's got a couple weeks of rust to shake off, and we do we expect our offensive coordinator to call a game that lets him ease back into the game? No. No, absolutely No, we not. don't. No, he's going to absolutely no, make him throw it 50 times. And then Hendon Hooker completes on two deep balls, and all of a sudden we're behind the eight ball in, in Oxford. I'm nervous. Okay, and that's fine to be nervous. <laughs> but my thing is, we have a lot to sit and wait on that is way out of the control of between the lines of football being Bryce's shoulder injury. We are we are a Quinn Ewers injury and a Jimbo Fisher having a brain away from being yes. four and two. Yes, and we are a, a Bryce Young <sighs> injury away from us beating the brakes off of Arkansas and Texas A&M and you're sitting here going, well, yeah, of course we're going to beat Tennessee by yeah, 10. Yeah, my baby's hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm I, hurt. My I don't blame hurt. you, but you have to see that my logic's pretty good there. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. And this is where we're flipping right now. And that's I know what you're saying. That's what's scaring me is you're more emotional than me right now and I don't understand why and I'm being more logical and I hate it. I, I get to be upset. I'm the one from Tennessee who hates them more. You got to do your we, Auburn thing. We today. haven't seen Valvin play their best. Well, yeah, that's fun in September 18th, but oh my God, we're getting closer to November. Yeah, and guess what? This team's still 6-0. and Yes, thank God. This team is 6-0. and well, I wouldn't have been, we wouldn't be podcasting right now. Let's be honest. We would have no energy to podcast if we were 4-2 right now. I don't know. I would. I would. It I'm would. Joking. It would we'd be, be. We'd just be bitching a lot more. But it'd be a lot more about college football. I just wouldn't talk about Alabama. <laughs> we'd be bitching a lot more. We we would have ruined mo- multiple relationships in our lives at this point by now. But I just. I think. Uh, I'd be single. It look. Bottom line, because this is this is what a lot of Alabama fans think that are listening to this podcast as well. If Bryce Young plays in this game on Saturday, and he's healthy. Alabama has a very good shot at winning on Saturday. Yes or no? I don't want to hear anything else. I just want to hear yes or no. <laughs> a healthy Bryce no, that's Young. Not, that's not, I said I want to hear yes or no. Say the question again. We have a healthy Bryce, yes. Bryce Young. Yes, we win. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we just got to wait and see if he's healthy. Which again, if he's not, yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> Saturday's not going to be fun. And as, as bad as it is going to be for you, I promise it's going to be worse for me. I don't want to be around anymore. That's the thing. That's the thing. Look, it's okay. It's okay. It's football. And the chin kills. One one <laughs> I'm thing. Rip the head off. One thing about uh about this season right now that I that I really can't stand is how much I actually do care about one team and how much everyone hates that one team's success. Because this would be a super fun season if you're just a like like Western Kentucky fan. If you're just an an Iowa State football fan. Can you imagine how much fun you're having just watching college football right now? Just a casual college football fan. This will be the most fun season since 2007. Hmm. But we don't have that. 
We don't have that luxury. We don't have that. We've had a wonky team this year, and I don't like wonky teams. We like joyless murder ball on this podcast. Here we go. Uh, Bryce Young plays Saturday. I'm going to give you two scores. Bryce Young plays Saturday. Alabama wins 34-27. I was going to say 35-17 if he plays. And if he doesn't play. And if he doesn't play, I'm going to take Tennessee. I'll take 28 20 I'll, i won't even get say 20 i i yeah i i think it's a lot more like 28 17 and it may be even closer to no, like no a&m's defense is better than tennessee's and even with four turnovers we did put up 24 uh, here's my thing though we were playing at home <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> that's true we were not playing in hillbilly i though. wouldn't be surprised if the tennessee stadium hits the loudest decibel level of any stadium can this I, year can i tell you something though right quick um i really and I know this is going way back, and you're like, why are you bringing this up right now? Did you see the yell practice footage <laughs> from this weekend? It was awkward. It wasn't even just bad. It was awkward. Like, what are they doing? I just, I don't, it's not even like a, like, I dislike, ten- I hate Tennessee, and their fans annoy the crap out of me, but I see where their fans are coming from, and like, we have that common understanding, right? Texas A&M, I'm like, y'all are a cult. I'm I don't worried get about it. Them. I don't get it. I'm worried about them. Like if one of if one of my family members went there and started doing all that crap and wearing the overalls and hissing at adult people, that's even worse than barking at them. Dude, gone. No way. No way. We're not talking anymore. Anyway, sorry. I know that was. Don't a weird let tangent. your kids go to Texas A&M. People. Don't do it. That's that's really what there. this podcast is here to tell you is about parenting advice. Okay. We should start a parenting advice podcast. I don't think side. we should do that. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should do that. I don't think we should do that. All right. Jay, do you have anything to add? Give okay, her the mic. That sounds good. Could you tell them I'll be there? You're sitting next to us with a mic. You should tell them all about it. Go ahead, Jay. Tell them how you're going to be there. I have to go to Knoxville this weekend. You have to speak into the microphone, too. I'm speaking into the microphone, but using my NPR voice. Oh, this is good. <laughs> <You've> <laughs> okay. Well, Jade lost microphone privileges, so that was fun. That was a, that was a fun 10 seconds. All right. Look, we're going to go watch Monday Night Football. This has been a fun podcast. Hey, it's the greatest sport in the world. This for has a been reason. my favorite one of the year, actually. I'm not going to lie. This is I like this better than our preseason one. This has been so cathartic <laughs> for both of us. You've incited so much panic. My chest is still so tight. <laughs> we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Roll tight anyway, no matter what happens Saturday. Roll tight. I love hey, you guys. Hey, imagine not beating your rival for 16 years. Oh, man. Imagine not beating them since the William Howard Taft administration. <laughs> Okay, we're sleepy. Good night. Good night. Love Love you guys. We'll talk to you on the other side.